0: I'm Brian Newman, American jazz musician, singer, and trumpet player, and I'll be on the podcast today to talk to the guys about how I got into jazz, my friendship with Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, and what it's like to have my own residency in Vegas and in New York City.
1: Welcome back to The Bull, The Bear, and My Brother's Chair. I'm Nate Lucius, and I am joined by my brother, Belu.
2: Nathan, what's going on today?
1: Today's a good day. It's 90, as we record this show, it's 94 four-ish degrees
2: in Minnesota, so... It's warm for Minnesota.
1: Yeah, we've got uh, summers
2: upon us, um, and all is well. So for those of you who don't live in drastic seasonal temperatures like Minnesota does, every year when it either the first day it gets really cold or the first day it gets really hot, we, we like to call a stress test is what it does to either your AC or your heater. Like everything works just fine in those middle ground days, but then all of a sudden when it spikes up coming from winter to summer, it stress tests your AC when it gets really hot. Mine failed this year's stress test. Did you
1: guys notice we talked a couple uh, episodes ago about how mechanical we are? Yes. I believe he just
2: called it a heater.
1: (laughs) I I think the proper term is uh, furnace,
2: but I'm not sure. Well, a guy gave me a real lesson on furnaces. Heater. and air conditioners. So, yeah, actually, to that point, I know a few things. I know that I can always, you know, when your AC is not working, first you go down into your basement where the inside furnace is and you stare at it for about 10 minutes. Yeah. So are you familiar with that movie? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, then you usually bang on it like twice because anything that's not working, you feel like if you hit it, it will fire up. Yeah. So then you got to go check the outside unit because I learned years ago there's two parts to this. I yeah. always thought the AC was the just the outside. thing with the fan outside. The thing with the fan. Well, the thing with the fan wasn't spinning. So I it's stared at that for 10 minutes too. I hit that about four times and then I called somebody to come fix Quick it. Quick
1: mechanical tip. One more. If you ever have a problem and you want to look, if you see you really have a problem, you look for water on the floor or some fluid on the floor that's always a bad sign in your in your <laughs> furnace room so anyway with that in mind who
2: uh who do we have on the show today we've got mr brian newman i believe you know brian newman don't you i sure do so brian newman is a uh inspirational jazz musician he's a young guy and has always grown up listening to jazz music and he is someone who has uh made a career out of jazz music he's actually the uh, band leader for Lady Gaga, who I'm sure most of you on the on the listening to this are familiar with, he had he's 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 had amazing opportunities come out of this. He's obviously a huge success in the jazz uh, jazz business. He has recorded on Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett's album. He played at Rockefeller Center in front of everybody. Um, I mean, the guy is one the nicest guy. He's a super talented guy, but his story also is one of I don't know if you know this or not, Nate, but you just don't wake up. And become a superstar in the music business. <laughs> I figured so. And <laughs> like most businesses, yes, there is a grind along the way. And so, really good guy. He was recently. Did you uh, see him on? He was on. I'm going to get the uh, Inside Edition. Which did you see him on that at all? I did not. No, nope. it was during the middle of the pandemic, and some uh, young kid was out playing. He lives in, I think, somewhere I in see Manhattan. That. Yeah. Young kid playing yep. on the corner by his house was playing the trumpet, and this kid was just out there playing. And Brian went out there and played it with him. Nice. So if you Google Brian Newman inside, he, yeah, I know he's, he's
1: done not recently, but a lot of uh, shows and different things in Vegas. And we had him out at our uh, one of our events, maybe. Two years, two, three years ago? It was like eight years ago. Eight years ago and played for, uh, for everybody. He's probably out. His price is probably too high for us now, so we got him five, six years ago.
2: Yeah, he's got a residency out in Vegas now. He plays at the Rose Bar in New York yeah. every Thursday. He plays all over the place. He's extremely hardworking, talented, nice guy. So yeah, And if you don't follow him,
1: uh, maybe they'll talk about it, but follow him on Instagram. He's he's a fun guy to, to follow and just a, a really, really cool guy. He
2: is very good guy. What do you got uh, bullish and bearish today, Nate? So a couple of uh,
1: months ago, we talked about as the U.S. you know the U.S. economy, and I'm going to talk about the stock market a little bit. But you know, it kind of peaked in February, and then over the next 30 days through I think March 20th or so, dropped by 30 more than 30 percent. But we were talking about a couple months ago, even in the middle of this uh, pandemic and everything going on right now about how we were still bullish on the U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. And I am here to reaffirm <laughs> my view that I am still bullish on the U.S. economy and specifically on the stock market and what that
2: looks like okay. today. All right. And what has the market been doing here? For the, so those, those
1: of you that have probably followed it, you know, it peaked in February. It dropped like a rock for about 30 days through the end of through the middle of, end of March. And what and was that
2: decline right there?
1: It was something like 34%. Right. So you think about 2008, you know, it was down 38, I think. So it was a 30-day... Mm-hmm. It was like, an
2: attention grabber.
1: It was an attention grabber. And obviously, when you're not working and, and people aren't working and you don't have people in your restaurants and your bars and in all of Las Vegas, your earnings aren't going to be very good. It's Stock, fact. Stocks tend to follow earnings. Mm-hmm. However, as we sit here today, and I didn't see where the market closed today... But as we film this, we are within 1% or 2 or 3%, somewhere in there, of where we started the year for the S&P 500. The uh, S&P so Pretty P much back to even. 3,200 today.
2: 3,232. Yeah, so I think,
1: I don't know exactly where we started the year, but we were back to even. It's pretty close. Now, you ask yourself, how is that possible? I mean, these companies are going to have furloughs and layoffs, and their Q2
2: earnings are going to be terrible. Jobs came out. Jobs report came out. Was that good or bad?
1: That was positive. The, the the quote unquote experts were forecasting six or 8 million job loss Mm -hmm. in May came out at plus 2 million of jobs. So that's where last Friday we saw that big stock market rally, which where we sit today, we're back to, um, you know, even for the year, almost Mm -hmm. a couple of stats for you. Airplanes. Not a lot of people are getting on airplanes yet. Uh, not really. Not a lot of people were on it 30 days ago, but last week was the two highest days of daily air, airline oh, people travel. actually flying. People flying. It's okay. still down 80 percent, sure, from where it was. But last week, the TSA reported that they had their two biggest consecutive days uh, last week. Good. Talk about cruise lines. Okay, even <laughs> even when there's not a pandemic going on, there's a lot of people in this country in this world that don't want to get on a cruise ship. You fly somewhere. You get on a cruise ship with 800 of your closest friends. 8,000. And you all eat the same. Like they, I know they say they make it in different kitchens, but I don't think they do. <laughs> so cruise lines have come way back, and here's how they're doing it. They've got, I looked this morning to book a cruise, just to look, $189 Jeez, for a three-night Caribbean cruise. All you can eat and drink, 189 bucks. You can get
2: your money's worth out of that.
1: So I'm here to tell you. The United States and the consumers that we have, people that go on cruises, they are booking 189 or $389 cruises right yeah.
2: now. Yeah, I do believe that people will get back at it. I mean, there are some that are certainly more apprehensive than others and have reasons to be or just for whatever they don't. But I mean, in Minnesota now, the patios are open in restaurants. Yep. Me and my wife went out to dinner on Friday night, which was... An experienced order from a menu again. So yeah.
1: I just I just believe that the United States and most people, I mean, they're just they're ready to get back at it. And I think it's like I said, I think it's the greatest
2: country in the world and I think the United States consumer is gonna show us that. I'm in agreement with that. <clears throat> I'm gonna go bearish, however, on one particular sector of this, and this isn't a stock market play. This is just the future of the industry and that would be movie theaters. Yep. Nate, when was the last time you were even at a movie theater? Oh man, it's been it's been well over a year. To Give you an idea of Nate's uh, Nate's passion for movies. I told him <laughs> that something felt like Groundhog Day, and he said, "I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I, what's ground? Why is it Groundhog Day?" And I said, "It's the movie Groundhog Day," and he just looked at me blankly, and I said, "Never mind." Yeah,
1: if, if I'm gonna waste five hours, I'm gonna waste it golfing, not watching a movie.
2: <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> if you've been watching what's happened with movie theaters. I mean, I would say it's that industry is probably ripe for a little bit of uh, disruption. The obviously you have movie theaters are people love movie theaters. My kids love movie theaters. You go it's the experience of it. You get the popcorn, whatever. But one, you've got the cost of them being extremely high right now. Two, you have technology being, you know, what it is today where most people's home theaters and TVs can deliver a very similar result at a fraction of the cost. But then you had some historic things happen here through the pandemic. You had movie houses, so the creators of movies, be it Universal or Disney or whoever, would always give the movies to the movie theaters for, I think the, I think it was 90 days before it could ever be released and sold to the public. That obviously gives movie theaters an edge to say, if you want to see the new, insert movie title here, you got to come watch it in the theater, Right. Right. Well, the I think it was Universal took Trolls uh, World Tour, which is effectively Trolls 2 for those of you uh, Pixar fans out there, Disney fans or whoever makes Trolls, and they did not go to the theater during the pandemic because they weren't open. So you can imagine they have all this money tied up, all this promotion tied up. They went right around it and dumped it out for release on On Demand or Xfinity or Digital right. or wherever you can buy it from. And it was I think nineteen ninety nine, so twenty bucks, you could buy this thing on release day and watch it in the comfort of your own home. And I believe they sold somewhere close to a hundred million bucks doing that. <clears throat> so I think from a you know number perspective of the movie houses thinking, can we do this and still be profitable or do we need the movie theaters to drive the revenue and promote them? I think that the movie houses might have learned that we can release these direct to digital bypass all this other work and just have it go out and go. so yeah, be re- interesting to see how they go.
1: I was reading last week AMC, which I don't know if they're the biggest, but they're they've one of got the biggest. over a thousand theaters, uh, and we talked last couple uh, episodes ago about commercial real estate. so mm-hmm. they've got in my mind a couple things working against them. One, the movie theater industry or streaming is not in their favor. nope and they've if they I don't know if they own, but if they don't own, they certainly lease uh, you know, I don't know how many square foot a movie theater is, but they're big. They are big. And so if you've got just the carrying cost on those, but AMC came out last week and said a paraphrase, I'm not quite sure what our future looks like, and if we can't get people back in the movie theater soon, I don't know that we're gonna exist for much longer, certainly in the current state that we are. So never a good thing. I did also read uh I think he's a listener. We'll see if he actually listens. One of our advisors, (laughs) one of our friends lives in Naperville, and the Ogden Six Theater permanently closed, and the AMC Naperville is in trouble. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the the movie
2: theaters weren't flush with cash before they went into it. So a little bit of disruption in the way movies are delivered, and uh, is getting back to it, and I don't think that they're one that are ripe for business anymore.
1: Yeah, and then the last thing I would say uh, we had over the weekend – Not sure if I'm bullish or bearish on this yet. I can't decide. But over the weekend, we had our, I think, sixth annual Gradient Cup, which is a think, Ryder Cup golf. Yeah. Uh, 10 on 10. So we have what we call Team Annuity, which is generally the annuity folks, although it's morphed a little bit as they've recruited others over the
2: years. I'm still on that team.
1: That's right. And then we have Team World, which is the team that I'm on. And for the second consecutive year, Team Annuity took home the Gradient Cup. Thank you, Nate. Thank um, you for the
2: congratulations. I feel like that was what you really meant to say. Yeah,
1: well, congratulations to you. And Mike Binger and I uh, played, it's a two man There's 10 players on each team, two man scramble. So Mike Binger and I played Jay Garen and Brian. Yeah, which, uh,
2: which, might add, yep. our team put me and Jay on that team. I am not such a great golfer. Nate is a very good, great golfer. So they said, we're just going to put you against them and basically <laughs> throw the towel on that grouping right. so we don't lose too many points and i'm happy to say we did take one out of three points they out did. of that match
1: yeah we struggled a little bit but team annuity and then they were right we were the fourth match and in the first three matches it was over we couldn't have it wouldn't have matter what we did so anyway a little sad but we did win our individual match so it bullish um, on up in next year so if you see any of the annuity guys that played in it just make sure you
2: tell them congratulations <laughs> big win Cool deal. Cool. Hey, I'm going to interview Brian today. So you get on out of here and uh, we'll talk to Brian. All right. Welcome, Brian. Let's get started on the show here. We have Mr. Brian Newman on the show and Brian, how are you
0: doing today? I'm doing so well, Brian. Thank Brian, Brian, doctor, doctor. Thanks for having me on.
2: Matthew. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. For those of you who don't know who Brian Newman is, you'll rarely see a picture of him without a trumpet in his hand, and he is what I would consider an icon in today's jazz scene. Uh, Some of his accomplishments are he's a band leader and music arranger for Lady Gaga. I know that you were on the album and uh, tour, the Cheek to Cheek tour with Gaga and Tony Bennett. Uh, I never forget the time you played in Times Square. You've got albums, you've had top hits on iTunes, and currently you've got a residency at the MGM park in Las Vegas at the Nomad out there. So that's gotta be a blast and all things that I certainly want to talk to you about. But how does it feel to be able to add guest to the Bull Bear Chair podcast to your resume?
0: I, I think it's my it's my <laughs> greatest achievement to date uh, defining Brian, moment I, really I, I, <laughs> yes, yeah, defining moment in my career and I think there's nothing nowhere but up from here man.
2: You know? man. it's it's been really cool i've 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 known Brian for probably uh, probably a decade now or so it's been really cool to watch your career and I certainly have some questions that I've always wanted to ask you along the way here. but if you can, take us back to how it started what what got you interested in jazz and what did what does high school look like? for jazz musicians oh. was it just band were you always into playing or walk us through that early stages of this career
0: yeah i mean i you know you said a lot of nice stuff about me and i and i appreciate that and you know at the end of the day it's it's, it's the years of hard work uh, of uh, you know of, of learning my craft and and, and constantly trying to to, to 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 make it better and make myself a better person and a better musician and i think that started early on uh in my in my in my in my musical uh, training and um you know, it was a lot of what I learned was was from musicians, from older musicians, and in school I didn't always get the kind of response from teachers that that were um, maybe the best helpful, but sure. that, but that also put a fire under me to want to do learn it myself and wanted to make make it happen for myself. You know, so it was it was a, it was it was a great uh, you know growing up is always you know it, it's it's fun and it's tough and whatever there's it was, it was always a growing pain. but uh, yeah. I I think that uh, you know just having having that drive at a young age really helped me um achieve achieve the things that I, that I that we're doing now and the stuff that i want to achieve in the future
2: sure what what point did you did you decide or just has it always been that way that this is this is going to be my career
0: yeah I've, I've been telling my mom and dad since i was probably 12 or you know 10 11 or 12 that i wanted to be a, a new york new york musician so i it was it was a lot of um a lot of people saying no, you know, but my parents were always super supportive and, sure. and helped me, help me achieve those things. You know, they're always still are still, so, so supportive of me. Sure. Which, which was, which was, uh, you know, which was all I really needed. You know, if mom and dad said it was cool, I could follow my dreams and do what I wanted to do.
2: Yeah. And I, I would say that you're getting to do some of those things for sure. And I'm, I'm sure people look at, you know, where you are now and they think, man, he's, man, he's lucky or man, he got, some break or, you know, any any type of success, somebody wants to kind of discount to why, why you're there and they're not maybe. And that's just, I think, part of human nature. But what does that grind look like along the way? I mean, the things that you did before your headlining in Vegas and, you know, all those things, what do you do in kind of the interim of all that playing in bars or gigs? Like, what does that look like for a musician that's out there trying to make it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I short short version. I moved to New York with like five hundred bucks in a U-Haul, and uh, you know, first and last month security deposit paid on on an apartment, and and then I had to get a job. You know, I had to get a, find a job and me as as quick. basically that 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 entire, that made meant me walking around the streets in the middle of July in a suit trying to get a, a waiter job, a bar, bar back job, any kind of job. I I literally walked into every restaurant, all all different parts of the city. I finally found a place in the West Village, and. um, you know, then I started. I started being. I I, I conned my way in to, because you know I didn't have any experience. I didn't have a resume. <laughs> I, I got I got the gig, and I showed up, and you know what I mean. It was it was that was the beginning of it, and I was like, okay, now I can. But it was a lot of tough years. You know, I didn't. I wasn't working playing music full time for at least seven, – seven, six or seven years when I first moved to New York. So it was. I did every job known to man. I worked for a moving company. I drove film cars. I bartended. Like I said, I waited tables. I bar backed, I. <laughs> I was a bus boy, you know what I mean. Like Anything uh, I that would pay a, a bill. <laughs> yeah, just because I, I I knew that I wanted to stay here, and I knew if I gave up, I, w- I knew I wasn't going to give up. There was no way that I was going to stop, you know. And I, and I, all at the same time, I was trying to play as much as I could. I was taking gigs on Craigslist and and just um just hustling, trying to meet people, and and trying to book, get book my own gigs, and which which was always a blessing, you know. I I always had that. Uh, I always I always um wouldn't stop until i had a, a weekly gig somewhere so mm. i always had i always tried to have that you know and there were definitely years where i didn't but right. um you know it was just we're just, just just uh yeah it was it was it was crazy it was fun i had a lot of fun i bet
2: <laughs> just as busy then as you were now probably <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit less, but it was just a little less, less pressure, you know, what right. I mean? you know with that, w- way less pressure. And but also there was the pressure, but but without the pressure of family and and, uh, you know, and and staying where you are, you know, there was the pressure of paying rent and uh, making sure you had a sandwich to eat at night. And, right. you know what I mean? Like, it was just, you know, it was it was that kind of stuff. It was those pressures that you didn't know. You know what I mean? Or I, I didn't have health insurance. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah, was, it was crazy.
2: You know? Yeah, just things you things you got an hour, and a lot of us just take for granted that uh, you just don't have at those points. And it, one, of, one of my favorite quotes is that people are celebrated in public for what they practice in private. How much time do you think you spend a week perfecting your craft?
0: Um, I mean, it's, it, it varies. I mean, in, in the beginning when I was in college and stuff, we would play probably eight or ten hours a day, maybe plus a gig. You know what I mean? Sure. So it was like we were playing all the time. Um, and even now, especially now, since we're all, we're, we're all quarantined, you know, I've been playing a lot, a lot more, a, I've been playing less live, of course, not, not at all live, but mm-hmm. we've been playing, you know, I've been practicing at nighttime and, and just, uh, you know, really focusing on things and stuff maybe that I would have rushed through in the past or, you know, just, you know, my dad always said like, practice what you're not good at, you right. know what I mean? And that's yeah. like, you know, stop so it's like it's it's like that's the things. That I'm getting back to getting into a lot of that stuff. But yeah, during, when we were playing live, we were playing five six nights a week, you know. And then I was practicing maybe an hour or two a day. Um, sure. Now it's about an hour or two a day and, and no live gigs. So I'm I'm trying to make it up in certain places.
2: Very cool. And I know, speaking of playing at home in quarantine, I was watching. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Was it Inside Edition? Where you were on with that little boy yeah. who was just outside playing in the neighborhood, and you rolled out there with the trumpet, and you guys just started hammering away in the corner.
0: Yeah, the guy, the kid across the street is a yeah, senior such in high a school. Cool and he, video. Was, he was playing playing trial. Thanks, man. That was that was really fun, man. It was a we were we still do it every once in a while. You know, cool. around seven o'clock, everybody comes out and cheers for the cheers for the workers. So that's usually a good time where we you know we get jamming after that or right before that. So awesome. play a couple tunes. You know, it's, it's always good.
2: Yeah, and I know. I just remember the interview with the kid, and he. I think he was uh, blown away that you took the time to come out and play with him and jam with him, and I think you got yourself a. He may have gotten bit by the musician career bug as well <laughs> after that experience. Oh man, well, I, I,
0: I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait for for this to be over so we can actually hang out in the maybe in my garage and play some tunes. Yeah, actually, sure. with a you know. A, actually be close, closer to each other. <laughs> for sure.
2: That no, was a great, great clip. And one of the things that I mentioned on there is you're the band leader and music arranger for Lady Gaga. And I do happen to know she's also a very close friend of yours, but how did you ever meet her?
0: Um, she was a go-go dancer at a bar that I used to bartend at in the Lower East Side in Manhattan. And um, she was the, you know, go-go dancer there. And she, they did a party on Friday nights. I was a bartender there on Sundays and a couple other nights a week and uh we just became friends uh, through through that and then uh she went to la made that record came back and then over the years she's asked me to do you know certain things and it's it's turned into a beautiful a beautiful thing great relationship sure. musically and and personally
2: she's an outstanding performer as well i mean obviously so are you but you know just uh i think back to if, if you guys were just working you know kind of jobs in a bar at some point and who knew that you guys would be who you are today and it's funny that you know, you're just both out grinding for a paycheck, and now now here you are today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, you know the, the funniest thing about that was the the bar. It was called Saint Jerome, and it was like this little hole in the wall rock and roll bar, and you know on a, on a street back in now it's like uh, everything's like Soho, but back back then it was there was like only two or three bars, and it was always dark and and but all the people that the craziest thing was all the people that hung out there. That, like you know, flash forward ten years later they're all in the industry whether it's music or fashion or or you know there's, there's, it's it was it was such a creative hang of people that yeah. is, is the people that came out of it are you know it's, it's that that was the coolest part because but I really felt like that place really made us uh, you know be ourselves you know all it right. really made us you know everyone was so cool with us with everyone that you know it was okay to be yourself and do what you wanted to do you didn't have to just uh you know, be like the rest of the people. You yeah. know, which was which was very, very helpful, especially in New York. I I realized at that point that I could do what I wanted to do and I needed to I needed to book more shows and get out of the I was managing a restaurant at the time uptown before I got the job downtown and it was just like seventy eight seventy, eighty hours a week and I yeah. made more when I was bartending there. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> it was terrible, you know? <laughs> oh you yeah. want to you want to work for upper management yeah. congratulations you Dude, four hours and a smaller paycheck you know uh, you no kidding yeah Until the story goes i can't wait Until to manage people
2: and i just get to sit back and do nothing goes the goes the dream yeah. right? and
0: i and i hate and i like and i'm a and i'm a good like you said i'm a band leader i'm good with musicians i and i was i was i was good manager too but it's like a totally different thing you're managing a restaurant and you know and uh, it was yeah it's just a different. different High-end steakhouses I'd rather manage a band.
2: That is that <laughs> is a fact. And I know that uh, you're a you know grew up with your roots in 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 old jazz, old music. Um I know you're, even your car that you uh, tinker with and and have vir- virtually rebuilt now is from the older older days and you had the opportunity to record with Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett on their album what was it like to record with tony bennett
0: uh man it was that, that was something i will never ever forget i mean he's just he's a consummate professional and and he's just the, the greatest you know what i mean like yeah. I, 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 he's he's um down to earth and kind and uh you know I, I think that i run into that a lot with with artists um you know uh, that that have longevity like him you know oh, yeah. and and that have that staying power—it comes from your your humanity and who you are as a person, and that that means just as much to me as the music does. You know, yeah. when I when I meet someone or I, I I you know our band, I've been with them a long time. We have a lot of the same we have a lot of the same ideas about life and and, and stuff like that. So it, it 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 all makes. But anyway, I I, I, I I'm off on a tangent. But no, no Tony was just it. he was he he was he was great, man. It was it was it was stuff that like I I, I hung on every word and every note. You know, it was like yeah. I. I wish I could go open a door and be back there. It was, I, I it was bet, incredible, man.
2: Yeah. That, uh, that was just such a cool dynamic of, of you and her being, you know, the new school and him, the old school and jazz mixed into it. That was, that was just a cool, cool thing. Hey, I got another oh, one for Oh, thanks, you. man. What was it like to perform yeah. in the middle of Times Square when there were, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people there, but that looked like a surreal experience.
0: I don't Which one was Times Square? Was that I? I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: was some, some. weren't you on Good Morning America or,
0: maybe it wasn't Times oh, Square. Oh yeah, yeah. We did. No, we did. Yeah, it was Good Morning America, and then we did the the Today Show. The Today Show was was like outside, which so that was crazy. That, that, was, the first that, was, thing that was that was what I was talking Wasn't
2: that Times Square?
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> that was it was yeah Rockefeller Center. So Rockefeller maybe Center. Like a okay. A little bit. Little bit Totally. But yeah, it looks, it's all, it looks, it looks all the same. Um, But um, uh, yeah, but good morning America is right on Times square, but you're still inside and you're like in a fishbowl, like looking out. Yeah. Those, I just those those kind of shows. It's so so funny. The call time for that is like four thirty five sure. in the morning. You know, and and uh, you know it's, it's so. Sick. But you're so amped up to go there. I, I didn't really sleep. You don't really sleep very well, so you don't right. want to be afraid to miss it. You, you if you don't wake up, you know, you'll never work again. Right. Um, you missed that one. You got a problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to be there. So uh, yeah, I, but I remember too when I got to I got there to. Radio City at, at Rockefeller Center for that first thing in 2011 with Gaga. We played someone to watch over me, and um, that was during the bad R- bad romance record. I, I forget uh, the um, yeah. And, uh, uh, and and my parents were there. I see them in the darkness. I hear them scream my name. They drove from Cleveland overnight to, cool. to come and hang out. That was it. Was it was amazing.
2: Yeah,
0: but, but you it's the adrenaline you know what I mean I like that, like that. the first time I did it I, I I barely remember I don't remember being on stage honestly it <laughs> Isn't was just that like crazy? you go up there you, yeah yeah and you know another thing it's like what we changed she changed the key like maybe a half hour before we went on oh so we had this so everybody we so everybody had we had to play it half a step up because <laughs> it's, it's hard for singers you know being okay. a singer' is tough I'm, I'm a singer and you know you sing in the morning it's totally different so it was oh. like yeah she had to get warm you, you got you got to uh, it's, it's harder to sing you need your voice needs to like warm up throughout the day you right know, or you need to warm up properly and i always warm she, I, we take lessons from the same the same vocal teacher and uh, you got to warm up properly otherwise you just you, you'll blow it out
2: man yeah and it's probably easier to adjust the adjust your side of it than the, you can't adjust the singing <laughs>
0: That's yeah, totally. Plus so, Plus, plus with Lady Gaga, we're going to do whatever she wants to yeah. do. I can walk by, that's what we're here you, for. You, you know? weren't
2: going to argue that
0: one. Yeah, <laughs> hey. no, I don't argue about anything. I just do it.
2: How how cool is it for that the uh, Vegas residency? I feel like every time I'm out there, I miss you, and I'm out there like three times a year. So one of these times, I'm going to catch you out there. But how cool is it to be in Vegas residency, the old school of Vegas? Like that's got to be something that was on your bucket list to play out there. How much fun is that for you?
0: You know. Yeah, Brian, it's, it's such an honor. I mean, it's like it's like it's a dream come true. I've been I've been wanting to play a show like that in Vegas for my whole life. You know what I mean? It's like and now to finally be there and to, be, to have it take off. And, you know, we're seeing other clubs open up with similar type shows. And that that makes me so happy because yeah. it's, it's not only creating more jobs for musicians, but it's also bringing this aesthetic that is, you know, what we do is traditional, but it's also pushing boundaries. You know what right. I mean? We're, we're 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 making our we're making our own way in a, in a type of show that's been around for a hundred years, right. you know, it's like, we're not reinventing any wheel. It's just about, it's about keeping that spontaneity and making it, making it feel like it's like it's, it's all just, Oh wow. This happened out of thin air, you know what I mean? But, right. so, you know, and it's, <laughs> but the, 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 the planning of it is, you know, to get this great special guest that we've got to have and, and just to be able to to, to do what I love. Like I said, man, it's like, it's humbling and I, I, I want to always do my best to make sure that it's the the best show that we can absolutely put
2: on. Yeah. Well, it's had great reviews on online, obviously, and I'm going to make it there this year. We're going to get everything reopened back to normal and I'm coming, but on, on that, let me,
0: let let me know. I'll get you some tickets
2: (laughs) for sure on that topic of the things we're just talking about, the experiences that you had, what do you think has been your most surreal moment where you're just sitting there in that environment and you think, is this, is this really where I'm at right now? Like this is wild. What's been that moment for you?
0: Oh, uh, man, I, I, I don't know if I ever feel like that. I never feel like I've arrived somewhere. You know, I always feel not like arrived, I'm not but where just I want like
2: almost then, you, like yeah, I can't yeah, believe yeah, I'm yeah. here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Look, every day. I mean, that's every day. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's like that's, I don't, I can't believe I'm doing anything that I'm doing. You know?
2: Right. <laughs> every other day. Yeah, it's, it's it it feel it like is. I feel like I don't done. deserve this, huh?
0: <laughs> it, no it's, it's true i you know all the hard work and stuff like that I mean, like i said it pays off but it also you know we have there's so much more to go that i never feel like i you know what i mean I, i'm always yeah. like oh man i guess that we this i can do better you know what i mean i can do better than this
2: yep no i hear what you're saying Not
0: music musically business wise ever every, every way every way impossible, possible
2: you know yep nope I hear but what when you're it all saying.
0: comes down back down to all comes back down to what i was saying about you know humanity and maintaining that that humility and that 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 sense of um there's more work to
2: do you yeah. know yeah. nope i hear i definitely hear what you're saying how about your most recent yeah. album showboat what was how do you get inspiration to create an album like that or what what is it that makes an artist do that and follow through with it it must be millions of hours of work like what inspires you to do something like that
0: yeah I mean we we made that record with Verve records which was which was an incredible honor to be to be with a with a label like that and you know but with with that when you're on a big label like that that with that entails some sort of direction of how they think you should do the record you know so it's so mm-hmm. and that that's been you know the, the case with a lot of artists over the over the years of, of producing music and right. and um you know so there's there's difficulties in that with, with where where you want to make what you want to make and keep it pure at the same time there's certain things that they want to do commercially that will make it, which is, which is a fine line. So mm-hmm. that, making that record was just, and it was our first foray into, into a major label. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's it was great. It was a great experience. You yeah. know, it, was it, was it the record, was it the record exactly that I would have made? Probably not. But well, is it something that I'm proud of? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, lo- I love, I love, I love, I loved working on that and having the band there and, and, um, you know, we we just we right before all this went down, we recorded like 20 tracks in two days at a studio, and um, that was another big difference too. It's like we did, did what we did in two days for the Verve record. It took we did three four demo days and and a, and seven days in the studio. Oh, and, you know, really? So it was like an... And honestly, I, I, you know, that that's good and stuff, but sometimes I like to just go in, do what we plan doing and get it and get it done. You know what I mean? It's like right. seven days is a long time. You a, know, little, a little more
2: nitpicking nit on the first run.
0: <laughs> oh, and financially it's it's crazy. The amount of money that a record label spends is, as opposed to what, uh, what a, what a musician can spend doing what he wants to do right. these days when everyone can be on Spotify and everyone can be on all these things, it's, it's it's negligible, you know. The only thing yeah. you're really forgetting with a major label is a is a uh, a marketing team.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah, which is you know, as as you know in the music business, it's talent can get you so far, but marketing is is a a, a
0: big you chunk of it. it all. Yeah, of course. And any, I'm, I know where you guys are too. Where you, I mean, where, I mean, you, you know, the company you work for and what we're doing this for, you know, that, that's that's uh, yeah, that that's, that's heavily involved as well.
2: Absolutely, I was, I was, is, I was, is. And talk about what you, what you're doing now. So you're, you're in, you're in New York, uh, Vegas hasn't quite reopened yet and everything's getting, getting back to normal. And I know you've been doing some Instagram live and, uh, Facebook live. Talk about, talk a little bit about what your Instagram live show is because I find that to be extremely interesting.
0: Yeah, we've been, you know, I started doing this thing about a year ago called garage tracks where, you know, I'm sitting in my garage in Brooklyn and, I play some CDs or I play some some tunes of my favorite stuff. And, and then I post it in and, we, we, and we talk about it with the crowd and, you know, live and people t- talk back and forth. But what we're doing now is I'm inviting guests in and um, we're having some great guests like Chris Santos from Beauty and Essex, uh, Robbie Krieger from The Doors. Um, so that's going to be every Thursday cool. Eastern time at nine o'clock at nine o'clock at night. So it's also something a little bit later. Um, so that, you know, people that are up late, I'm, I'm a late night guy. I miss doing my show at 11 o'clock. You know, I really miss that. Um, but, uh, you know, we're just trying to stay busy and stay sane and, and, and having a lot of family time, Brian, you know, like that's been, that's been amazing yeah. and nerve wracking, you, know, yeah, um, you. <laughs> you know, with sometimes some days, some days it's like, oh my God, I just want to, you just want to end it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a four year old. I, I am man. totally You're, kidding. Your,
2: your little yeah, girl's adorable. You know, so and sure what I'm sure she's, saying? Yeah, she's uh, as cute as your girl is. I'm sure she's got her, her sides where she tests your patience like
0: they all do. <laughs> and, and. And yours too, exactly. For, yeah. What are you going to tell a four-year-old? She wants to do what she wants. You That's great. They want to do what they want. You yeah, that know? is that is absolutely so.
2: correct. Well, cool, man. Well, well, I, I definitely I recommend. Go ahead.
0: I recommend, I recommend drinking, you know, having a couple cocktails at night. You know, maybe maybe not not at five. Maybe at three thirty or four. You know, <laughs>
2: I, I definitely have been uh, partaking in that to help me help me get
0: through that <laughs> to help me it. get through quarantine. Hell absolutely brian
2: cool man well i appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on come on this show and you know being able to add it to your resume has got to just be you know incredibly impressive for you to be a guest on the bull bear chair Uh, all
0: jokes all jokes aside man it's an honor i'll let me know anytime you want to talk i'd I'd love to love to hang with you and and rap with you this is this was really fun thanks for thanks for your interest in in me and my career and and everything my life and and means a lot to me man you've
2: you've been a you're a every time i've ever interacted with you're a great dude that inside edition for the listeners that are on here go google brian newman inside edition watch that you'll you'll really get an idea for the character that this guy is I mean, he is through and through he is what what you what you see is what you get with him obviously very talented we couldn't wish you more success in your career and couldn't be happier to you know more excited to see what happens next with you
0: man and brian just one last question did my dad didn't did my dad send a check for you putting me on the show yet (laughs) he didn't i told him cash (laughs) he did he told him cash okay good he'll he'll, he's good for it he'll get you the cash next time he sees you i I appreciate it and hi mom and dad we'll put that on there (laughs) thanks man i
2: appreciate that all right
0: all right man thanks brian best to the family man and stay safe and healthy everybody thanks man